is a business like a razor through a slit wrist Are you the razor or the rest? Sacrifice for the grip Product or seller? Prisoner or jailer? Your boy's back, yo. It's Anthony. Oh, wait, no, I'm not that guy anymore. I forgot. I have a new name. I'm, this is the whole thing about changing my identity. It kind of goes with what we're talking about. You're the cannon, dude. Yeah, Ace. it's Ace Cannon. It's my motherfucking Ace. Yeah, we back, yo. Um, I'm also here with my counterpart, compadre. Who is this over there? Who is this with this curious look on your face? This would be motherfucking Curious G. Oh, shit. Top shots, boy. We back, yo. So today we're going to be talking about something that comes about, well, it's the second part of the first part episode, I guess we can say, is about crime in America and the business aspect of it. Pro, con, you're about to find out. Mm. Um, if you have listened to the first part of this, you know, uh, Robin, uh, I believe it was Robin yourself. Yeah, it was Rob yeah. and myself. Um, we are gearing up to have some more people coming in on this thing, not with what we're doing, but just voices kind of it, 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 like what Rob does with a little snippet. Um, I've been looking around for a female voice and I think we got that coming up. So stay tuned. Yeah. Stay to that same bat channel. Family's getting bigger. That's what happens. That's what happens when you put something beautiful out. People want to come along. So, yeah. So that's just the whole thing. And I know that you prefaced this in the beginning by asking me. Um, I mean, we never really talked about my my past at all and crime and whatnot. And, you know, I have been in trouble with the law. I think most people have in some capacity, um, whether it be a, all the way down to a speeding ticket to, mm. you know, all the way up to, I mean, let's just say the worst thing of capital murder. I mean, that's just kind of in our country, that seems to be the one, uh, well, in ours, it's funny because espionage could be part of that, which is another whole conversation. But, mm. but, um, but yeah, it's, it is quite interesting because when I was younger, I was actually, my first, my first taste of actually law was after getting into an accident and I was with one of my best friends and he happened to have a roach in his car. And we Oh yeah, you didn't mention a DUI back there. I oh think. well that's well well I guess the first taste was a DUI. But my so see that's how much crime I got in my life. I oh never you got crime. Yeah, well but this uh yeah, first DUI. Well, I only had one DUI, but my first DUI that I or my first, I guess introduction into the criminal justice system uh was that and i was pulled over because of loud music in a neighborhood and it was because it was raining and we didn't have anyone to drive and there were so many cabs that were sent out to this one party while i was in college that i decided i was like bro i'm probably the least drunk of us all mm. obviously not a good idea but i you know i blew a 0.08 so i definitely was under the influence uh but i was originally pulled over for loud music in a neighborhood um which i didn't find out till later and Unfortunately, it didn't matter because that got thrown away real quick, you know, and they gave me the worst penalty. And yeah, that was that. But the second one was actually here in Washington. I, I ended up, actually, I got in trouble twice within like a three week span. My mom thought I was Capone for a minute. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then when I came home from college, it was right before Christmas break or right during Christmas break. I uh, was coming up to Bellingham and we're in Washington state and my best friend, he, uh, an elk walked into the road and we swerved out of the way. And if there was no snow while we were driving, him and I have contemplated this many times, what would have happened to us? Because we basically fell into, I mean, the side of a mountain. I mean, we had to go off the road and it, we just poofed right into a, like a <laughs> pillow of snow. And we being kids, we didn't really think much of it because we just almost died. You know, it was just kind of an interesting moment. So we, 
you know, we had a guy that came out and I'll never forget what he said. He goes, that fucker was big, man. Are you guys all right? I called the cops and him and I were like, cool. Thank you. Appreciate that. Not even thinking of it. Right. Mm. And he, you know, he was, we were rapping, just freestyling in the car. And luckily he was able to do what he did. Cause if you go through an elk, bro, you most likely would have been dead. Yeah. Like, yeah there's yeah, no, they're, they're big. They're there's very, not a lot of give. In an yeah. Elk. Yeah. There's very big. And so we did that and they came and they searched his car. And after that, they took him away. They took me away. And my best friend said something to me and he goes, bro, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this one. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, bro, you at a very good college, getting a very good degree. And I, you're on a path where I'm not doing anything. And he's like, I'm going to take this one. So I, <laughs> my stupid ass way is just trying to think that like, okay, what should I do here? Do I think of the morality sake? Do I really do that? Do I do this? And I had 30 seconds to make this decision. And I just, I straight up said, I go, well, it's not my car, you know? And I was actually just an accessory within that. So we were both charged with possession of marijuana in the first mm. degree. Now, back in the day in Washington, before it was legal, the class one was 0.01 grams all the way up to an ounce of weed. So if you know the difference between that size, that's quite a bit difference in how much it was. Well, anyways, that was the first time I had that. So then this is where, dude, I've never actually really told you this story. This is mm. actually pretty crazy. So then I ended up coming back to Washington while I was in college. And I, I had a continuance and they, they basically said like, yo man, you know, you're, you're doing this, you're, you just come back, you know, in the summertime. So I did that. I took this and I, I was graduating that year. So I graduated, I ended up taking taking, it was like a whole year and a half. Like they let me, like, they were just like, yo, we'll just keep doing this, finish school. We'll do what you do. I came back in the summertime. I did this class, right? Cause they ended up giving me an eight hour class on Saturday. Mm. All right. So then this is where things get crazy to me. So I end up doing the eight hour class. I moved to Boise, Idaho and I go move with my college, my ex college roommate. And I go on, I start working for this company that coached soccer for little kids, doing background checks on the regular, you know, doing all these things, mind you. One day, okay, I am driving home, like, and I'm driving my friend's car, right? And he doesn't have a signal light in his car. I didn't really know that, but I still do it. It worked on the dash, but it didn't work in the back. So I'm pulled over and all of a sudden they're just like, oh man, you have this warrant out for your arrest. And I was like, for what? And they said, to failure to appear. And I go, wait, that's not, that's not right. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm about to do this. So this is right actually before I went to Boise. So then I do this class, I do this. So this is how I actually got to the class. So I was like, wait, no, no, I have a court date coming up. So this is my first time feeling like it's bullshit. Like a lot of hearsay, this say, I didn't have a lawyer. I just had a public defender and, you know, I didn't have oh, a lawyer. public pretenders. Exactly. And so that happened. I go and do my thing. They tell me I got to do this. That's how I actually got to the class. Sorry. So I got to the class. I did the class. I move away. I do all this stuff again. So, sorry, I messed up on that one. I do this again. I come back. All right. Now, this is where it all went really, really crazy. And I thought I took care of everything. I thought I did everything. You know, I moved away. They did this. All right. So now I am in... This is all stems from like six years later. So that's what's so crazy about this. And by this time, the law was in play to where marijuana was legal now. Mm. And so I end up going, okay, I go to Safeway 
And that is just like an Albertsons, a QFC, or any local grocery store that wherever you're listening to this at, it's like your local supermarket. And I go and I have cheese in my hand and sour cream in my hand because I'm making some <laughs> white ass tacos. The Mexican here was making white ass tacos at home. Wait a minute, what's a white ass taco? Oh, bro, Ortega shell, ground beef, not seasoned. You got some cheese, lettuce, tomatoes. A real taco is oh, just... Oh, shit. This motherfucker just called me out. I'm yeah. going to have to make some tacos oh, and see what you got. Yeah, bro. Real, I'm about to get filthy. Real taco Ooh. is just meat, cilantro, onion, salsa. Oh, no, 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 That's no, a real taco. No, hell no. Oh, bro, don't, don't white splain a Mexican. Dude, I'm, right. I'm glowing in the dark over here, but I can fuck up some taco I meat. Believe now, that, I believe that, but it's also a stuff. white taco. You're also a white person making a taco. Don't don't <laughs> white splain me on a taco, please. All right, so then we end up... Okay, so I do that, and I, and I go, and I'm going to get $20 out of the ATM to go give money to the Girl Scouts, and because they're outside... And, you know, I like some Girl Scout cookies, bro. Like, that's real real shit. I was high. Another thing, I forgot to preface, I was smoking marijuana. And I walk out, and I don't pay for the stuff because I realize I have $20 in my wallet, like, when I go to the ATM. So I just walk out, not really thinking much. And they, they ended up taking me into the back. And I used to work at Safeway. It was my first job. And I know people, and I'm, and I'm from Yakima, Washington, and it's pretty hood. It's a, it's a hard place to grow up. So I knew about people stealing in crime. I just never was involved in it. So I know that if they take you back, if you have the money to pay for it, they basically give you a one-year suspension from the store. Mm. Well, all of a sudden, I'm in the back, and it's five minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. And it hits me, and I go... Bro, I have a fucking warrant out still. I know it. Okay. Mm. Mind you, I ended up having to spend four days in jail. Okay. Because it was, I got picked up on a Thursday or Friday. Yeah, Thursday. And they didn't transfer until Monday. So I had to be like in jail for two, no, three days. And I spent one night in Kittitas. And then I had judge in the morning. So I, so what ended up happening and this is, so then they, they tell me again, you have to come back for Cleelum. This is where I got it. And then they say this to me, like, you have to come back and you're going to, it's like another continuance, which is classic continuance as they just fuck you. If they could just handle that shit now, so many people wouldn't miss this shit by mail, paperwork. Oh, we sent that to you, blah, blah, blah. So then I end up coming in. Like, I didn't even know why I was in jail for those four days because I thought everything was taken care of. All right. So I hire a lawyer. He ends up doing his research. And what ends up happening was the place that I went to get the marijuana class from filed for bankruptcy the next Monday and never sent my paperwork away. Oh, so I didn't even know that. And like I was saying, I was living my life free because I was like, I'm done. So then so then I ended up doing that. And then the judge there was trying to tell me that I was smart. I was I knew what I was doing. It was orchestrated. I've been running from this charge and they wanted to put me in jail for 30 days. They got the cannon, bro. They got the cannon straight up. I was in their sights. They wanted to put me in there for 30 days. And I go 30 days (laughs) for what? And then after that. I, my lawyer, though, was a I actually paid some some real paper for that lawyer and I could give a shout out to him. I don't even think he's in law anymore, so it doesn't really matter. He was older, but he he basically got it down to where I was in. I had an ankle monitor for 20 days is what it ended up being at the end of the day. But that was my first time where I was like, bro, these motherfuckers are just trying to steal money from me. Oh yeah, it's like, that's like when I. That's and you know, the thing. That's I would always, the thing. And I and before this, I was the same way. Like I thought you, when I was younger, I had, I was indoctrinated with thinking you have to go to college to be smart. You got to do these certain things. Like once you're in the system, yeah, right. It's probably the people. The system's not corrupt. 
because I didn't know any better. You know, I mean, I didn't really hang out with criminals growing up. I was the corny ass kid who played sports. was good at school and good at sports. That was it. I never went out on the weekends. Bro, I didn't even lose my virginity until college. Mm. So like I wasn't fucking around at all. I was not about to be trapped in my hometown. Did, did you practice before college? Well, I mean, we all have to practice a couple of things here and there. You know, that's the same way I studied. I'm just saying. I studied until the exam finally came up. And <laughs> according to the girl, the first girl it was a quick exam. But hey, you know, I took the test. Well, so that's why you right. practice, dude. That's yeah, why you well, practice. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. I can tell you that much. But um, but yeah, it was just a really interesting situation. That was the first time that I ever had. And I know I'm rambling on and I apologize, but that's just some of me. But yeah, that was the first time that I was involved in the law. And I was just like, fuck this shit. And then after that, I was just, I was anti-police. I was straight up, fuck the police. Fuck the system. Fuck everybody. Damn, you got hard fast. Bro. That motherfucker got hard fast dude it didn't i didn't give a fuck anymore because i was like you guys are all full of shit and by telling me who i am that's what got me the most angry mm. it's because they were telling me like you knew what you were doing like i was fucking or like acting like i was doing some racketeering scheme i was like bro i didn't make no money off this and they were trying to i just started my business and i was like yo if you guys take me to jail for 30 days you're literally taking away my livelihood and i'm like 23 at the time 24 maybe and i was mm. like i just started this new business of mine and they didn't, luckily, and I was able to finish that. And the ankle monitor was cool. But I had to wear the ankle monitor, and I was wearing, like, sweatpants and, like... Frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, bro, it was hot. Frustrating. It was hot. So, you know, we don't do a lot of statistics on this show. I threw out statistics on this song, and I kind of feel like it's appropriate to talk about some statistics. And here's one. By the time a third of Americans are age 23, they've been locked up. A third. Does is that, that even crazy? Count, does that even count like... Is that crazy, like, a third? Yeah, Like absolutely. one in three? Absolutely, bro. I mean, I don't know anything else in America. That's one of the third. Maybe I breathe every day would be the most... Like, But besides that, that's a that's a huge amount. That's 100 million people. Mm. 100 million people. What do you think the, the average income of those people are? I would say below $40,000. Easily. Easily. I would say in the 20,000s. Because if you look at... I mean, yeah, $20,000. Poor people. Below the... Close to the poverty line. Bad neighborhoods, bullshit. Yeah. Mm. I would say the people that are least in jail are making over six figures. That's just my thought. Mm. Dude, it, it, the the numbers are staggering. Um, and we went into some of this on the first half of the podcast. I don't think you've listened to no, it yet. No, I wanted to go in this fresh um, with you. So, so I put out this number, and this is the only thing I'll put out from the first podcast, is we have about 4% of the world's population. Right here in the United States, we have 25% of the world's incarcerated. Yeah. Which, to me, that's incredible. Um, this is something that I didn't mention in the first podcast. You know, until I think about 2004 to 2006, somewhere in that area, we were still putting to death children in this country. Yeah. We were still allowing children to be put to death. And you know how few countries in the entire world do that? Like, so few. And now we don't, we've stopped Obviously, we've made that decision, which is good of us. Um, but you can still get life in prison as a child. You know, you're yeah. not even you're not even you're fully conscious. But well, your frontal cortex hasn't even developed to be an actual human yet. Yeah, like so, you're, you're still figuring your shit out. Consciousness in physics is one of my interests. Let's just say that I've I've done a lot of research into, into consciousness. Um, I, I definitely follow the neo, neo physicist. Uh, 
um, Sam Harris, he does podcasts and things like that. And I've heard him and a lot of people talk about consciousness. And what I found fascinating is we don't actually get out of subconscious brainwaves until somewhere between the ages of seven and 12. Yeah. So, I mean, we're barely conscious sometimes when these kids are being arrested. Um, and, you know, I, I went into my story a little bit where I was, you know, kind of pushed into crime at, at age of five. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was not conscious. I was still mapping out reality. Yeah. You know, and, you know, this is, this is the thing that we, we have so many people falling through the cracks, you know, uh, uh, like here's a, here's a number for you. Another statistic. I'm just full of them today. Dude. Oh, that's all right. You know, um, you're speaking my love language. Keep going. This is, this is in the education system. You got four kids, right? One of those kids will never graduate. One in four, 25%, 25% of our kids. And you know, that almost predisposes a lot of kids to arrest. I bet you most of those, you know, or some of those that by the age of 23 has an arrest on their record. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, once you are a dropout of school and you have a, a, an arrest record on your charge, even, even if it doesn't stick, even if you just have the arrest, sometimes employers will look at that and say, eh, yeah. you know what I mean? So imagine trying to find work. You're 20 years old. You've been arrested. You have no GD yet. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. what, what is the option? Quick money, baby. Well, that is what the money, uh, where the option is. Quick money. Mm -hmm. How easy is it to take that next step and to become more severe? I mean, it, criminal. Dude, let's. I mean, if you, if you got a family to feed, you know what you got. You, bro, we know this. Like daycare is expensive, dog. You know, if I can stay at home with my kid, sling a couple of bags on the side, and pay rent, it's easy to get in that. And then once you're in it, and if you're good at it. It's unfortunate in a sense because mm. then your weight gets heavier and your product gets a little deeper. Now you're no longer in just the first category. Now you're in the second category. And then the, the downfall of that is just tragic. It's like they, and I don't know. We, we mean, I'm, I don't, did you guys talk about, you guys talk about just like Reagan and then like people no. like, Do like I, Ricky I, Ross and all you know, that shit. See that, that stuff has been beat to death. And that's the only reason why we didn't is because okay. they beat that shit to death. hundred well, percent. But and, it's, I mean, I don't think people still understand that the government was doing some of this shit, you know, like I don't, and it, it seems commonplace when you, when you surround yourself with people that are, you know, bubble, like, you know, we talk about we're in our own bubble and it's a bubble of understanding particulars in, but I mean, if you didn't know that, like some people don't even know that profits are for prison or pr prisons are for profit. Excuse me. I was just, I'm, I'm fuming today. It's like my anger, my anger. We got him all excited Dude. talking about his dark ass past. Bro, well, no, nah, it, it just pisses me. Monitors. It was fucking weed. That's what it, now, and now people are profiting on it. Bro, just don't, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. And it's frustrating to see people not actually get re like rehabilitated. And put themselves like it should. Once you do your crime, it should be wiped clean if you come out. It shouldn't even be on your record no more if you're gonna do a full prison sentence. Like, sentence, it just doesn't make sense to me because it's like, yo, I did my time. I'm coming back to be a member of society. And now you're gonna put all these roadblocks up and I can't do anything. No, I can understand some things about like child molestation. And if you, but you know, obviously murder, you probably don't get out because of that or like manslaughter or some particular domestic violence or some things that are in that nature. But if you have some petty crimes, you know, like public intoxication, like I think that's a petty crime if it was just you being drunk and no one was actually hurt. 
I mean, obviously there's other things. If you're driving drunk, then yeah. like. See, I don't, I don't even know if that stuff is a crime. And this is the thing about with, with drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. I think it's a social issue. Yeah. I, I do not think that these things are crimes. They are defined by the medical association as diseases. Right. Alcoholism is defined yeah, yeah, by the absolutely. medical association yeah, sure. as a disease. There is a, a physical difference in the way that the body processes alcohol. And the same thing with drugs. You know, yeah. there's differences and this is a medical thing. Now, if you were to fall down right now and start having a heart attack, I'm not going to stand above you and go, motherfucker, you're embarrassing me, dude. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put all the responsibility on you. That's that's that wouldn't be right. Right. So. Here's the thing, and you know, this is this is the thing that I pointed out in, in the first part of the podcast is we have freedom in this country. We have the freedom to choose things like let's go rock climbing, let's go parachuting, right? These things are dangerous, right? There could be consequences, you know, in rock climbing. Like you could fucking die. I had a friend die in rock yeah, climbing. You can definitely die. You know what I mean? Um, and it it is, I don't see it as any different than if somebody is a drug user, right? Here's the thing though. A lot of people self-medicate with drugs yeah, because they don't have access maybe to healthcare. 100%. 100%. 100%. Let's, let's take a veteran, Let's take a veteran. Oh. How many veterans come back with issues? Lots. Right? Lots. Yeah. And the VA, as much as they want to preach on it, bro, I worked for some companies where it's hard to get some things done with them. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And motherfucker just needs his prescription. That's all he needs. Mm. Oh, wait, but you're a guy. Oh, but we, you know, uh, he can't do this. He doesn't want to do this. He's not listening to us. It's like, yo, bro, he just went to fucking war, dog. Yeah. It's like he risked his life so you can sit here and be this pompous prick over here. Happily driving your nice car, mm. doing your nice things. Well, this motherfucker's struggling over here just to even make ends meet to eat. Yeah, bro. I, this country. God bless America. <laughs> well, you know, I think that when you got something that is a social issue, like like drugs tend yeah. to be, but we've criminalized it. Um, it's so hard to back out of this thing. It's like yeah. backing out of a goddamn fast food fucking uh, drive-through when you got ten motherfuckers behind you. It's hard to do. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna break up some shit trying to get out of there, Dude, right? Well, it was just a whole thing of we're just so far down the line that and this is one we've we've mentioned. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Like it's impossible, bro, to fix some of these shit because it's just so entangled. Everything is entangled with each other, and it's just so disgusting. You know, and like we, we're talking about the same thing with people. It's like once you're in that tangled web, bro, you can't get out. You just can't get out. You know, and it's sad because there's people that want to change their lives and they don't even have the opportunity to do it. And we're talking about people like, you know, that get caught up in the system. Yeah. And it's just you're and you, it's the label like you're a criminal. So here's something about being a criminal, Right. So I, I got in trouble right in my senior year. I violated probation twice following that. Um, and, uh, but really the original charges went all the way back to, it was 1988, the stuff that I did, right? I was 18. Um, guys that I was cracking safes with, they turned state's evidence when they got popped and I got arrested right after I turned 19 for the stuff I did at 18. And um, here I was 33, 34 years old, right? Years and years later, was was a single parent, 
trying to find a place for my daughter and I to live. And I was denied a lot of places to live in Florida because of my criminal history charges, right? My daughter has to live in a place that has a lot of goddamn criminals in it because we can't live in other places, right? So this predisposes her to what? More crime, more negatives, more, I mean... Now, this is the way I see all of this war on drugs, right? I think in capitalism, what we love to do is eliminate large groups of people from the competition, right? Yeah. Because that's what capitalism is. And it's about to get a little bit more tense as the scarcity that's coming, right? As as the scarcity is coming, more and more people are going to be pushed away, right? This is one of the things that, that eliminates you from contention, right? I was eliminated from contention from having a good apartment, right? Living in a good neighborhood, not hearing gunshots outside the window. And my daughter is being born into that situation. Now, there we talked about vertical mobility as a um, as an economic thing. Yeah. This is something that a lot of people don't realize. If if one of the parents has been to jail, chances are that kid's going to go to jail. If if one of the parents have have not completed high school, chances are that kid's not going to complete high school. This is the statistics that surround vertical mobility. The less opportunities that you have, right? Your choices become narrowed, narrowed down, right? So if, let's say you're born in one of those red line neighborhoods, one of those areas that they drew a line around and said, this is contaminated, right? Um, this is the kind of areas that you live when you have a criminal history, right? Yeah. You have to, you have to live there because that's the only places they're going to rent to you, right? In those areas, you've got worse schools, worse doctors, worse jobs, you know, it, 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 it's and all, more like-minded people. Yeah. I don't even like-minded, but like-pasted people. That's so so way. what is, like my daughter at, you know, at that time she was three, four years old. What is she being exposed to? Yeah. Because exactly. of things that I did in, at 18 years old, dude. And here I am like that's crazy. in my it's, mid-30s. That's crazy. It is, cra- it is crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Now a third of Americans are going to be arrested by the age of 23. Now how many of them have issues like that, that affect their children, you know? And see, the thing is, is when my child goes to school, she's going to school with other kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we we can't just build a wall and separate the good from the bad, (laughs) right? Well, they do. I mean, well, the difference between like a private school and a public school. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's true. That, that's true. Gated yeah. communities all over the place. hundred percent, bro. They definitely do. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a sad, it's a, like, that's the one thing that's so hilarious to me is they always want to say, you know, we're an equal country. You know, we, we, if you work hard, you do these things. Well, guess what you did and it still didn't matter. That's right. You did everything the right way. You knew you admitted you fucked up. You took your crime. You took your punishment and you tried to do the best for yourself and your family and you did the right things. And even that wasn't enough. Well, and I I told this story on the first half of the podcast too. I was given an illegal sentence and I don't want nobody to cry for me. Right. I was given um, starting off after my first initial arrest. I had 22 months house arrest, five years probation. Right. I violated um, with a technical violation. 
I had such severe charges that it put me to prison. Yeah. I got a two and a half year sentence there. Okay. Um, I violated my probation one more time after that. Shortly after I got out of prison, who would have thought? I think two months, uh, another little fucking technical violation and did a year in county. Um, but with all this, right, I still had five years probation after I finished all that stuff, right? So I get to the very end of the, of the probation, and I've been paying buku dollars. Yeah, no doubt. Buku dollars. No doubt. And, I mean, when I started all this, you know, I had, like I said, I was in my senior year of high school. I didn't finish my, my senior year. You know, I'm in trouble, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, here I am trying to pay for this stuff, making shit money, you know, working all the time. Uh, not that I want anybody to feel sorry for me, but I, I did all the, I jumped through every hoop that that probation officer told me to jump through. And I paid $50 a month cost of supervision, right? Now, here's the thing that most people don't think about. That probation officer is working for the person that is on probation and their job is to assist them to get back into society and contribute Mm-hmm. Right. That cost of supervision. We're paying them for a service to be done. Right. And I'm doing everything that they tell me. I get to the very end of that five years probation and they're like, we might actually have to violate your probation and you might be going back to prison. Huh? Uh-huh. Huh? Huh? Exactly. 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 Right. And I was like, uh, 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 uh. what they didn't know is even though I came up around poverty and all that stuff, it was because my mom was on drugs. Right. Uh, my family actually came from money and, um, we still had some of it, except in my immediate family. Like when we went to the grandfather and stuff like that, they had, they had some resources and they got pissed. You know, nobody stepped in for me to do shit until that moment. And then all of a sudden we started looking at things and um, the lawyer that they hired was like, uh, tell them not to do another goddamn thing. They've illegally sentenced you. They can't do none of this. And, you know, you think this stuff doesn't happen, but it happens all the time. You know, the problem is, is not everybody has resources like 100%. I did. I had resources. Some people don't have no resources. Some people just, oh my God. Oh, oh, I can't I'll, believe I'll, this I'll take is it. happening. I'll take it. We'll give you a lighter sentence. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it then. You know what I mean? You just don't know any better. And it's a business. Keep them in the system. Keep them in the system. Keep them in the I system. I mean, we're... You think anybody had a penalty for giving me an illegal sentence? Mm-mm. Fuck no. No. They were no, doing no, no. their job. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're the ones contributing and to society. I, I'm pretty sure that that judge, Maximum Miller is what they used to call him. His name was, <laughs> was Judge Miller. Old Maximum Miller. He'd yeah. give you the max. He gave me beyond the max. You know, and not that I, like I said, not that I'm complaining yeah. here, but I, my question is, is how often this is happening? Well, I, I mean, even on my scale, like you're talking like, yeah, you did that. But even mine was caught up in the system and it's like. Bro, you're telling me that I'm going to go to jail for 30 days on a now legal substance, you know, and that they, we brought that up. And then all they said was at the time he wasn't 21 mm. though, you know, and that was the, that was the technicality rules and all these things. And this is, but this it's just, is. it is. And it's, but it's like, what you're saying is so true because, you know, it's, I mean, you don't know what you don't know mm. and you know what you know. And if you don't know, if you didn't like, let's you if you didn't have that resource, we might not be doing this podcast right now. 
You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. because yeah. you could have been like, well, shit, just tell me what to do because that's what you were doing. And oh, you're yeah, just going to listen to them. The, if, you know? if I had went... If I had went back to prison at that point in time, it would have been a different deal. My first time I was young, right? 18 to 24 is what they call a youth offenders camp. Yeah. Right? I went to a medium maximum security youth offenders camp. They call those places gladiator school, right? (laughs) And the reason is, is because that's where the fights happen, right? It's not so much the rapes that you find in the the big boy prisons and shit like that. It's where you get your, you know, too much teeth talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is where you fight, right? My first day, I was even unloading my bunk and I had 13 dudes surround me. Talk about you got to give us your stuff. (laughs) Did you fight? Uh, I know. I followed the direction of Richard Montgomery. I, I talked about him yeah, in the first yeah. half. You, you've of the, actually told me about yeah. this guy before. Oh, Richard, dude, yeah. that homicidal maniac motherfucker. He told me that shit was going to happen. I didn't expect it to happen in the first day. But what, what I did is I was like unpacking all my stuff. Right? I was about to unroll my bed and I'd set my bag that I carried in, a little brown paper bag full of you know shampoo and shit. I set it on the ground. And um, when those motherfuckers surrounded us, they go, you got to give us your stuff. What I did is I picked up my stuff and I put it on my bed because in prison, that's the only thing you own is your bed. That's your world. That's your property. Mm-hmm. That's the way that prisoners see it. So when I put it on top of my bed, I was like kind of pulling my supplies in closer to the chest, right? And I looked past the dude that was doing the talking to the biggest motherfucker that was there that was standing behind him. And I said, you decide. I just waited. I was waiting for something to happen. That motherfucker looked at my little measly ass bag and he looked at me and I wasn't fucking backing down and all them motherfuckers just waiting to see what this motherfucker was going to do. And he walked the fuck off and the mouthpiece, his name was Scooby. He said, that's some bad business, Clint Eastwood. Bad business. And he walks off, right? (laughs) And all of a sudden a nickname is born. And for the rest of the time I was in prison, everybody was like, Clint Eastwood, what's up, Clint Eastwood? You know, but dude, I never had to fight. I never had to fight. I never had to do none of that shit, you know? And it was just because of that dude, Rich. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, I did, I did not go through that thing unscathed. You know, there were some things that, that I did that I'm not proud of. I'm not proud of it all, dude. I ain't proud of it all. There's some dark places that I found myself in. And I look back on that and I, I wonder how could I have become that dude? Well, you didn't have a choice. Well, you, sometimes you're about as honest and good as your options. 100%. I don't mean that. Everyone has a choice, but I'm like, that was the best choice at that time. Yeah. 100%. Like, I, I, there's, I don't judge nobody for what happened when you're behind bars. Because I've heard some stories. We've had some friends, you know, they've done some shit. And it's like, bro, you got to do what you got to do to survive. You got to make the right people. You got to act a little more racist than you really are sometimes. Mm. It's just what the fuck it is. You know, I got a friend who was very proud white white boy in prison. Comes out, he's like, bro, my best friend's black. They never knew. <laughs> he's like, I just didn't have, in there though, I had no black friends. You know, and it was See, just, it is that, what it was. That, that was, that was different where I was at. So yeah. well, I, he was in, he was in max, like state, state max. Well, like, so, so, so where we were in the gladiator school thing, youth offenders camp. So it was different. It wasn't so much black and white. 
And that's weird. I know for mm. a lot of prisons, a lot yeah. of it's black, white, Hispanic, da 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 da. Yeah. It was where are you from? Where are you from, man? Where oh, are you okay. from? Yeah, and yeah. Because it was uh, nobody had more than five years. Okay. Right. So a lot of dudes was in there. They were trying to to make connections for the city they're going to go back to. Yeah. So it was like, we're from Tampa. Where are you from? Orlando. Oh, I'm from. You know what I mean? Like it was all like that. And I'm. I'm from Daytona. Nobody gave a fuck about no Daytona. Yeah. They're like, where? Motherfucker, don't you read a book? God damn it. That's a big name in Florida. But yeah, nobody gave a fuck about Daytona. Yeah. We actually had to fall in. You had to pick a, a city to be associated yeah, with Jacksonville yeah. or Orlando. I got, I got or, what you're saying now. You know. Which makes sense. I mean, <clears throat> it's more of that. I mean, it's, it's more of that mentality of like gang mentality. Yeah. You know, it's just get, it's a numbers game. So, I don't know what I would have done if they wanted me to hang out with all white people. I, I <laughs> they would have sniffed me out pretty quick. I think. <laughs> well, even in my, because I was in, I went to a place they called Camp Titty Kittitas. Camp so, Titty what? Camp 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 Titty Ass. Nah, Titty Ass. Nah, I wasn't like that at all. Camp Titty Ass. But we had twelve people in my little bunk, and everyone was actually real dope. But the Mexicans right away just said like, "Yo, there was like four of them in there." They gave me some ramen, some stuff like that, but they were just straight up like, bro, if anything goes down, you know where to go, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so even in that little cell, it was like right away, we had race, you know? And then, but no one messed with the Mexicans because they cooked. All so. right, man. So look, we we, we we have a we have a shorter episode yeah, yeah, for today sure. than, than normal. <clears throat> um, we are kind of winding down on our shit here. Cool. Um, but I do want to kind of put out a couple other little statistics that I think are important. Yeah. There are as many convicted felons living in the United States as people holding bachelor degrees from college. What are we investing in? Are we investing in education more? Or are we investing in poverty? Well, if you're not able to use those degrees, you're just giving them a pretend certificate. I guess the best thing to do, I mean, it depends what your degree was in, but where are you going to go? You can't teach at a university. No, no. I think you're misunderstanding. Yeah, I think I am too. So what I said is there are as many convicted felons in the United States as people like yourself that have a bachelor's degree. Okay. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, then it just downgrades the bachelor's degree, I guess. Yeah, what are you trying to get at? I don't know what you're trying to to say with that. Because it just just makes it— so I, I, it it's kind of like well, you are what you eat kind of a thing. Like I look at the United States and I'm like, do we want to have as many convicted felons as we have people with bachelor's degrees? That's not improving us. I got what you're right? saying. Okay. Right? I was looking at it way differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. To, yeah, to yeah. me, to me, like that's not something I want as an American. I don't want, I don't want as many, um, convicted felons as married couples. Yeah. I got, that's I got another, what you're saying. that's another statistic. Well, no, because I mean, you're, you're fluctuating. Nice catch. I saw that catch, by the way. You're fluctuating. Well, obviously, probably you can hear that catch too. I'm fast. Hey, catch us next time. We'll be back. We'll we'll be back. And if you don't believe me, ask my ex-wife. She'll tell you I'm fast. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. But, uh, we, uh, but yeah, it's, it's what, like, what, what do you want to, like, what do you want to be about? Like almost. And it's like, why, why are there so many is the real question. You know, mm. why are there so many, you know, people like that? And obviously it's because 
a lot of bullshit crimes happen and blah, 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 blah. I mean, yes, there are criminals. Don't get that twisted. Like, I'm not trying to say like everyone was, you know, not, not sentenced the right way or convicted and, you know, improperly. Like, yes, there are criminals. There are people who do things. Granted, there's a social status. It's a very complex question. No question is black or white. So, but anyways, no, bro, because we're supposed to be this land of opportunity, land of freedom. And it's like, they're only getting those degrees paid by the taxpayers that lock them up in there. Cause they ain't got shit else to do. So it's like, yeah, if I'm gonna be here for 10 years, I might as well fucking get a degree. Learn something. Here's what I got to say. When education is improved, criminal behavior goes down. Right? I believe, and this is my core value, if you really want to know, right? I believe that education holds the answer to every problem we face in the world today. Right? So improving education improving education would reduce the amount of criminals that we have, right? Because one thing that it'll do is give people other options. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. We're, we're, we, we're kind of going on too goddamn long. This album is almost done. We got one more song. And we've had this, this connection of value for a lot of things. Relationships, right? We talked about the value of that. We talked about the value of... Now the criminal stuff, yeah. the value of the music industry, uh, all these different things. Now we're getting to your thing. What, now, aliens? Money. Oh, I thought you meant aliens. Money. Money. Money makes a price, man, oh, out of everyone's you, life. I don't, yeah, bro. I, I'm, so that's, everything is money. That's what's everything. coming. Everything. That's what's coming up next week, folks. So this was a special episode. We had... Two parts of this episode, we're long fucking winded on this topic, but it's an important one. Um, We should be back on track with our regular episodes um, this week. Yeah, no doubt. Would you like to have any, uh, give any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Um... Nah, I'm good today. You know, your your devil's lettuce thing, dude, it's 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 caught on, by the way. You know how many people that listen to this podcast say something about the devil's lettuce? Dude, you got to you got to start bringing some some of those little catchy little oh, things. I got them all day, man. <laughs> Yo, bro, just let me know. I, no, actually, hey, keep listening and I will give you some gems. I I want one going out the door, man. Oh, bro. You know what? Knowledge is power. So go ahead and polish off a book, dog. <laughs> you know, like like I used to say, my, my wife always said I was really fast, right? You know what I used to say to her? I could promise you a screaming orgasm in 30 seconds. And if you hurry, you can get one too. Mm. Yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> All right. Wonder why I'm divorced. Hey. <laughs> All right, folks, that was, uh, that was the war on drugs and jungle. Thanks for tuning in. Money. Money makes a price. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Standing on the streets with these words like a knife. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Standing on these streets with these words like a knife. So I'm standing in the face of opposition. Opposed to the wall that they mixed up in the kitchen. Faint claims. Feeding all the hungry. Price is getting high, baby. Some get the money. 
America high, everyone gets a slice. Step inside this opposition, words like a knife. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Standing on the streets with these words like a knife. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. I'm standing on the street with the words like a knife. Come to feed on the tiny mustard seed. Some take another slice, then bleed. Take a bite out of what you wanna take in this life. Take a bite, take a bite. Out balance ain't right. Worms in the big apple, yet we devour what tastes so sweet. The same lean hour, my stomach turned on me. My stomach turned on me. So I'm standing among the hungry. I tried fast from the love. Money, but it's been incorporated by the cursed earth consumers All our distractions just arranged by the use of my planet God damn it, it's dying Look out the window at the population rising Soon maybe there won't be enough Food to fill the children made out of love Bread into the war of I'll get yours Bread into the war of I'll get yours We're bread into the war of I'll get yours Bread and water war of I will get yours Money makes a price out of everyone's life Standing on the streets with these words like a knife Money makes a price out of everyone's life Standing on the street, words like a knife Here is mine, let me define My territory has got line We are bound to earth in the terms of life In breath and dirt, work side by side I see, but not the shades of that life Yeah, money has got us all pulling out knives To climb that new kind of jungle climb Separate and turned on that family tree Love's fruit may have died We feast on one another in this fight For that piece of cake, make me whole pie Don't you know money can't buy one more breath in this life? Damn, that point struck like a knife I got that deep cut kind of mind Standing on the streets with these words like a knife Take your bite after bite Or grow and connect and cultivate this life Your money or your life What's your type of grind? Life. Oh shit, and this knife. 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 Money.